and we're back. All right. What are we jumping into now? We got so much, so much corruption going on in this world. It's just, just so much content, just so much content. All right. This time I think it worked. This time I think we are live on YouTube. The last episode was just posted. This one is live on YouTube. So if you're watching, appreciate you. We're live on the call-in app too, again, which by the way, got pretty full last time, which was pretty sweet. All right. So what is happening in this world that is a big deal that is not getting mainstream coverage? Because perhaps it's not in the best interest of the mainstream business model for their customers, the massive corporations that paid them to advertise, which is how they sustain their business in the first place. Maybe it's not good PR for them. And if it's not good PR for your customers or it takes away money from their pockets, which means it takes away from their marketing spend. Uh-oh, that wouldn't be good. And then a guy in an unfurnished room in a random apartment with a really good mic, but a really crappy setup while it's hooked onto a desk that was $25 from Amazon. I'm taking time out of my day to just tell you lies, but trust the mainstream media. They have no economic interest that would be in their favor to lie. I, with no economic interest, am taking my time to lie to all of you. That is my purpose. Are you insane? Think about it. I have no economic interest tied up in this whole shenanigans thing, but they do. Oh, they do. So, the United Kingdom, England, is it true? Is their government compromised? Has Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum infiltrated? By the way, they talk about openly of how they've infiltrated the most of the world's governments and how proud they are of that. But the most difficult ones to penetrate are the West, the freedom, the democracies. You hear democracy a lot. You never used to talk about saving a democracy 10 years ago. Now it's all about saving democracy. Well, good news and bad news. It's real. It's definitely, there's a threat and it is the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. And they are infiltrating one government at a time. You're not seeing and haven't been seeing a ton about those Netherlands protests with all those farmers. The protests are massive. It makes the Canadian trucking convoy, which by the way, are truckers. Those are called everyday workers. Okay. Not everybody in the world is all right. I'm not Republican. I'm not even political. I am apolitical. I'm against politics. This podcast is against all political affairs. We just watch what's happening in the world and we tell the truth. And I realized that when you tell the truth, particularly truth that exposes powerful entities and people, I guess you put yourself at risk. However, I am doing it because people need to wake up. And honestly, I want to live free. I would never be doing this if my toes weren't stepped on until my life started being effective where I couldn't go places that I like to go or like I couldn't do something because some, some weaponized rest restriction was made. That's what's going on here. COVID as a weapon. You know how they say software as a service? It is now COVID as a weapon. 
And if you don't believe me, and you truly believe that the mainstream outlets are telling you the truth, and that it's angering you so much that I am spreading conspiracy theories, there's one thing I am going to implore you to do that the mainstream media will never do, that Justin Trudeau would never do. In fact, we will watch an interview in a little bit when he was asked a question about how he said that if you're, you know, two doses, you're fully vaccinated, but you know, the, the goalpost keeps moving forward now in Israel, it's like four boosters or something. And the two, you know, now you're not fully vaccinated until the two boosters and you're frowned upon if you have three and not four, right. You're not fully vaccinated anymore. Um, this isn't about the vaccine though. It's about goalposts that continually move and the people behind these regimes that are None other than corrupt. I know, I know. It's very hard to believe that there could be authoritarian regimes trying to take over or centralized power, just being weaponizing government against normal people because that hasn't happened in decades in the free world. That is currently what is honestly going on. It even blows my mind to talk about it, okay? I say this over and over again. It blows my mind. But I have to do, if I really am pro-human, like I say I am, then I have to do this. And sure, even if I'm only reaching a few people, if it wakes them up, then we're that much closer to winning. And I'll say what I mean by that in a bit. But let's get back into the UK. So the United Kingdom, her name is Nadine Dorries. Now, this story is not being covered in the mainstream news. So strange. It's so strange. We're going to play the clip in a second. She is the health prime minister of England or was the health prime minister of England. And as you know, or may not know, because this is an apolitical podcast, Boris Johnson recently, quote, resigned. But why? Is there maybe more than meets the eye? Or is this yet another conspiracy theory? I'm just starting to realize that all these conspiracy theories in a year end up being facts. So strange. Everybody's lying and they get called lying. Netherlands prime minister. What do you think about Klaus Schwab's COVID-19 great reset book? I've never heard of it. What about this letter thanking him for receiving the book and telling him it's a very, very good insight into the future. Oh, that was just a polite thing to say, but I thought you didn't read it. This stuff's being exposed because we are in the information age, you just need to look and do your own research to find the truth. It is out there for the first time. The corruption is not new. The ability to recognize the corruption is new. Nadine Doris, who was the prime minister of the United Kingdom, who is not anymore because she was with Boris Johnson, had this interview last night. And the clip I'm going to share with you is she's talking about how I guess there's a, the, the chancellor. I don't know much about UK politics, but I guess the number two guy, it was it was basically a coup to overthrow it, allegedly, allegedly. And now he's like set up to be the prime minister. Clearly, he's part of the Davos group, allegedly. Let's just say everything I say is allegedly so we don't get booted off of these censored platforms. You know what I'm saying? And why are they censored? You know, interesting how that is. Um, 
she talks about this gentleman who I think will be running for their prime minister, I believe. And uh, listen to his um, hmm, zero COVID measures policies that uh, he advised her to consider. You know, like taking babies against their or their parents' will from their private homes and quarantining them to keep everybody safe. Babies, kids. Watch this clip. And as always, come to your own conclusions and do your own research. But this stuff isn't being covered in the waves that are crossing your eyes and ears. And so we have to share it with you. And that is what we are going to do. So take a listen or watch and come up with your own conclusions. We are not here to sell anything because we are not compromised by money. Okay. So this is an interview with the former UK prime minister. And just take a listen to the suggestion she got um, about zero COVID measures. There it is. I do want to ask you about Jeremy Hunt, actually, because I feel very nervous about the prospect of him at number 10 Downing Street. And that is because of his response to the COVID-19 pandemic, primarily. And the fact that he was backing a authoritarian Chinese zero COVID policy. This is something that mainstream media never talk about. Uh, but you have personal experience of that. So yes, and interestingly, he's not denied um, what no. I've said about because he can't. He's refused because to comment on it. I, I've made sure that every conversation I had was documented. During, we knew inquiry was going to come, and I remember two things actually about Jeremy. One was meeting him just after I'd been made a health minister, just before COVID um, hit our shores, and I asked him what he was doing. Was he staying as an MP? And he said, "Oh yes." Boris can't do another Brexit. Brexit can't happen. This government's going to fall on Brexit. I'm going to be here to make sure that I swoop in when that happens. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, was when COVID happened, um, Jeremy contacted me as a health minister and said, you've got to speak to Matt. It was at the time the Nightingale hospitals were being built. You've got to tell him that you, don't, yeah, you don't put sick people in the hospitals. You follow a zero COVID policy. My wife's family have experience of this. When someone tests positive, you take them from their home and you take them to an isolation centre and you leave them there in the isolation centre. That's the only way you can beat COVID. And I said, Jeremy, the British public will not stand for mothers and fathers and families and children being removed from their family and their home and put in isolation. He says, who said they won't? And I said, well, the behaviour and insights team who I've discussed this with, they, they, it, they won't wear it. And he said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Show me the evidence for that because I don't believe it. That's the way we have to deal with this is a zero COVID policy. Now, we would still be probably be in some sort of lockdown if Jeremy Hunt had been made prime we'll minister China instead of. OK, 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 OK. Make your own judgment. Maybe, maybe you agree that children that test positive for COVID should be taken from their home 
and put into a quarantine center. When I released the segment yesterday on the Australian COVID camps, there was this Australian, well, he was part of the government actually, which is interesting. He said it was a good thing. So if you think it's a good thing because COVID is so bad and dangerous, that's fine. I just want to know if you have kids, are you okay with your babies being taken away against your will just because they test positive for COVID? They shouldn't be at home with you. They should be in a government center so they can be monitored because they care about your kid much more than you care about your kid. This seems like insanity to me. Now, I may be alone on this, but I don't think I am. And I feel like my hunches recently have been pretty good. And I've been getting feedback from everybody, from a lot of people kind of reiterating my, my, my notions of, or my preconceived notions of it's, I should be talking about this because every ounce of my being is telling me, do not talk about this stuff. Don't put it out there. You're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to share your voice. It's censored. It's dangerous. Don't do it. I feel like I have to because there's so many people who want to say this stuff that aren't saying it for whatever reason. Maybe it's the job they have. You know, maybe I don't know what it is. But this UK prime minister yesterday talked about how this guy, Jeremy Hunt, who I believe is running for prime minister of the UK, suggested that we should take babies kids from their homes for a zero COVID policy and put them into a government camp center like China. Is everybody really okay with that? Like, I'm not crazy passionate about this, but I do think it's authoritarian-like and very, very extreme, given if you compare that to the consequences of COVID or the dangers of COVID for kids in that age group relative to taking a kid and giving them to people you do not know to be put in a place you are not aware of, that you have no control as a parent, but the government's going to look out for them more than you would as a parent. It almost, it really seems like in every political measure across the world, the wrong decision is being made every time. It's almost too consistent. Just like it's very difficult to be 100% correct, well, it's pretty hard to be 100% incorrect. But I do think that those in power are doing a very, very incredible job of being 100%. I got to give them credit. To be 100% of anything is hard. To be 100% wrong is definitely an accomplishment of some sort. Not a good one, but it's an accomplishment. There's authoritarian things going on. This is how the world has always operated. We are simply used, and I taught to just touched on this, but I just want to talk about this again. We are simply used to the, the, the world order that the United States of America had since 1945. That is what has been in place. 
and the United States operates from a bottom-up approach with freedoms very differently than China. Do we agree that the United States and China just operate differently? Neither is good or bad. One's more centralized, one's more decentralized, one's bottoms up, and one's top down. What's going on right now is the changing world order. China's economy and power is surpassing the United States. Go ahead, look up any of this. This is not like a a conspiracy or hoax. China's economy will be two to three times as large as the U.S.'s in the next five years. They will be the dominant country, the richest country. They run a top-down program or government or society, I guess. If the world order had China being the most powerful country in the world, let's say in 1945, we would have a more China-like world instead of a United States-like world. And so we're currently transitioning into that. And that's why you're seeing, because what happens in China is everyone went, there's surveillance, there's extreme lockdowns that you can't get out. It's very authoritarian-like. There's a lot of communism. You know, they have like a capitalist, communist society. It's very interesting. Well, they are stretching their tentacles out across the world because it's their world order now. And so either we really like our democracy and freedoms that we have or had, and we come together as people and rise because that's the only thing that could defeat it, or we just stay complicit and silent and let them install all their stuff, their camps and their cameras and their all this stuff. You know, they control Google. They control TikTok. They control all these media outlets. They are known to suppress information about certain things that particularly are in bad taste for their government. That makes them look bad. Like the tennis star that was sexually abused a long time ago from a high-ranking you know, CCP, Chinese Communist Party person, and then all of a sudden she like disappeared. I actually don't even know what happened to her. I forget. I don't even know if I saw. They advised her. They advised this UK health prime minister who's she's brave. She's speaking about it in public, which is crazy to take babies away from their private homes of their parents. I can't imagine there's many parents that would be just cool with that. I don't know. This isn't the only thing going on, though. Canada, the once free country of Canada with Justin Trudeau. So this one, this one, I want to, uh, I'm going to have to set it up here because, uh, you know, I think they do a little combination of English and Spanish, but, uh, I saw this, um, from the Rubin report, uh, which is really good. Good channel, Dave Rubin. And, uh, he basically what happens is is she this member of the news media rebel news okay asks mr trudeau justin trudeau a question about um boosters and and what does fully vaccinated mean okay so she points to because she's going to speak in french so i'm going to just kind of tell you what she says and then you'll hear his response but she basically says okay For everyone who got fully vaccinated, 
if you look at Israel, they're now on their fourth booster and they don't recognize the people that got two doses or three doses as fully vaccinated anymore. Okay. And that they have demonized those people because they are not fully vaccinated and have four, you know, vaccine. They're, you're, you're either, if you're either fully vaccinated or you're unvaccinated. So if you have three, if you have if you're three doses or zero doses, you're in the same class. But if you have four doses, you pass. And then it'll be five and six. Moving goalposts. Constant thing. So she asks, in, if that comes to Canada, will people who have a vaccination passport with the two doses, will they be taking that away? Will they be demonizing them if they don't get another booster shot? Because a lot of Canadians don't want to get another booster. Right? So they don't want to get another booster in Canada. So she just simply asks, are you going to take away our passport? Are you going to do anything? Or are we still going to be considered fully vaccinated in the country, in our country of Canada, if we just stick with the two doses that we got? That's what she asks him. Listen to Justin Trudeau's response to this. Okay? This is what she asked. That is a serious question. She is saying, I have a vaccine passport because I'm fully vaccinated, having the two doses like you guys said. Now you're saying that it requires four doses to be considered fully vaccinated. So are you going to make the passports only eligible with four doses? Is my passport no longer going to be valid anymore? Wait until you hear Trudeau's answer. And, I'll, you know, just listen to this and we'll get into the... Uh, We'll get, I'll talk about it afterwards, but just take a listen. This is, this is bad. Again, this is bad. So, all right, here we go. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau, Alexandre pour uh, Rebel News. Donc, Monsieur Trudeau, je vais revenir rapidement Vous avez exprimé you votre opinion, opinion en disant que nous propageons la désinformation. Israël est l'un des pays les plus vaccinés au monde. Ils sont rendus maintenant à leur quatrième rappel de vaccin. Ils ne considèrent plus que ceux qui ont reçu deux doses de vaccin sont pleinement vaccinés. This is my Ma question. question est, plusieurs Québé euh, Canadiens ne désirent pas avoir une, un rappel de vaccination passport enlever leur privilège relié au passeport vaccinal would you have the courtesy Et as prime minister to answer the question de répondre à ma question en tant que premier or ministre I have made my opinion on your organization clear yesterday and I will not be commenting soir, on your question that shows what kind of person you are prime minister that's what he said. He will not comment on it. Oh, sorry about that. He will not comment on it. That is a legitimate question. Again, I'm going to say this again. When someone is not willing to answer a question, especially a serious question, if they are not willing to answer it in public, they are probably hiding something. That's a pretty good default measure to, 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 to lean on. When someone tries to suffocate another side of an argument or doesn't want to respond to a question or gets angry about someone asking a question, 
you should probably be weary of that person for that reason. You could pretty much probably likely give the assumption, although I don't recommend this, you could assume that the answer is probably the one you don't want to hear. That's where that's going. I mean, that is a question that should be answered because it's something that has happened in another country that is a big deal. Especially while we have these things going on, these, these protests and these marches of my body, my choice. Well, can we be consistent, please? I'm all about consistency. That's it's nice to be consistent. The people in power, the politicians, for whatever side they are on and whatever you think of them, you can love them. No matter what party they are with, no matter what they look like, no matter how long they've been in the government, if they are in a position of power, you should be questioning and interrogating them on every single thing that they do. Because if you don't, they have the ability to pretty much do whatever they want. And the bad news is, is not everyone in this world is a really good human being that wants the best for others. There's a lot of people who would choose to build the tallest building in the city by ripping yours down instead of just building next to it. Yes, the world is abundant, but politicians usually seem, or they very, they seem to operate as if the world is a zero sum game. That's the very interesting thing. It's of course not, and everybody can get theirs and be happy, but there's this notion of having to control the peasants. And guess what? Yes, you're a peasant. You never thought of yourself as a peasant, did you? You're a peasant. That's okay. Here's really good news. If peasants can get past their 900,000 labels they have on each other and just say, hey, we are peasants. Well, then you can become stronger than any political elite or party or Davos group ever because there's just too many of us. It's just game over. Always and forever. That's true. I really believe that. I wholeheartedly believe that. But if you are complicit and let these things happen, like, can we just back up a little bit? There's a conversation I had earlier with one of my, one of my buddies. And if you were around decades and decades ago, when Germany was creating concentration camps and all this stuff, and then they were saying, oh, and you find out, let's say there's a concentration camp being built for the Jews. Oh, my gosh. And they go, it's misinformation. It's disinformation. It's misinformation. Well, that's what they did. And you know what really actually happened. It wasn't misinformation or disinformation. That exact same notion is happening now with everything. When you finally expose something that makes political elites look bad, it is default misinformation and disinformation, which, by the way, go Google it or go to Wikipedia yourself. That word was created by the Soviet Union for their government propaganda machine so they can sway their narrative into their favor. Look it up. Look where that word 
came from, misinformation and disinformation. They created it. Stalin created that word. Last time I checked, that's the country that built a wall, which most people build walls so people can't get in. They built a wall so people can't get out. That is insane. If a place builds a wall for people not to be able to get out as opposed to protecting themselves so people don't get in, you know that place is real bad. Like that place cannot be good. If people aren't willingly staying in a certain place, but they're just staying there because they can't get out, this is what is happening in Canada. If you are unvaccinated, if you are the demon you are, if you are unvaccinated, the terrible person you are, terrible. Can I tell you how terrible you are if you're unvaccinated? You are the worst thing that's ever happened to this earth. In fact, we're just going to call you Satan. Okay, people? You're so bad. We know you're trying to contribute to society in other ways. It doesn't matter if you don't put this in your body. You are, by default, worse than Adolf. I mean, that's, that's how, certainly how it appears to be in the mainstream. In Canada, if you are that demon, that horrible person who's not vaccinated, you cannot travel outside of Canada. They have that wall up, you know, like a, not a real wall, whatever the word is, the invisible wall. Is it the fourth wall? The visible wall? The wall that is... People cannot leave unless you do as we say. And if you have a dissenting voice and we do not agree or you do not agree with what we say, we will come after you. Hence, the kid on Substack critiquing his own government who isn't even on any political side getting LinkedIn messages from the parliament to watch out. Where do you think this goes? Where do you think this game ends? Have you not noticed that over the past, I don't know, um, I don't know, year, let's say at least, that when you allow these people to get that thing that they want, that they then stretch further and capture and more and then go further and capture more, and it never seems to stop. It never seems to stop. And this isn't even about the vaccination status, but I bet you I can predict the future. All right. And I'm glad this is recorded to see if I'm accurate or not. So you can hold me accountable. I bet you that within five years, much faster, but I'll say definitely within five years, there will be 10 boosters. And why do you think that is? This is just about control. Not being able to leave the country because you're unvaccinated isn't about being unvaccinated. It's about control. All of this is about control. And the best thing you can do is have people destroy themselves from within. Every empire, mostly every empire, has collapsed from within. This is all planned. This is all an attack. All this stuff, all in the United States in particular, the fentanyl coming in all over the place, the crime, this is by design. This doesn't just happen. You have to go out of your way for this to happen. And it would be awfully foolish to think 
that even though every time in history there has been some sort of authoritarian regime that is trying to take control over all the peasants that now in our lifetime, those days are over and it would never happen because we just happen to live through the most peaceful time ever. That that can never happen. That's only in the history books. That is really foolish. It is one of the most consistent patterns in history. Just because you haven't experienced it in your life doesn't make it untrue. Or just because something has been happening for so long doesn't mean it's going to continue. That's not how the game works. Things that happen over cycles of generations that happen once in a generation. Have you ever heard that? Once in a generation? Well, perhaps an event has happened that hasn't happened yet in your generation, right? I don't know why this is so far-fetched, and I don't know why the anger just builds up when I talk bad about mainstream media and corporations. Like, why does that stir you inside in a negative way? Why? Why? Can we uncover that? Like, what is it that if I were to bash Pfizer, why you would get so defensive? Like, I'm talking about your mom or your dad or your brother or sister. Just why? Why do you, why? Why is there, what, isn't that strange? Like, if you were to bash Staples or Office Max, I'm not going to get pissed. I'm going to be like, yeah, we should question all of them. Let's add Exxon in there and BP and Tesla and everybody. I want to question Biden. Well, then why don't you question Trump? Yes, question Trump. Question DeSantis. Question everybody. I don't want anybody that holds so much power to not have to answer hard questions ever. I don't care what position you're in. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much I agree with what you say. I want you to be interrogated like there is no tomorrow. And if you do not answer the question, I want the people to rise up and be furious. So you have to answer the question or we're just going to overtake everything. That needs to happen. But the fact that you're mad at me because I'm raising these uncomfortable questions about these political elites is really strange. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking your party. I'm not attacking your race, your gender, your sex. I'm not attacking any of that. I'm attacking the elite. And yes, I'm outspoken about that. I am t attacking the elite. Should we not? If we shouldn't tackle the elite, can you just tell me why? You want to question Trump on it. Usually these people, when I question someone that they don't even necessarily like, it's just like, hey, well, Biden did, well, Trump did that. Okay, I got it. They're both bad. Both are bad. Both are bad. So now what are you going to say? But what stirs up inside of you that makes you so pissed that when I say something bad about CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of them, why does that stir anger inside of you? And I get it. If it's uncomfortable and hard to separate with this core fundamental belief that something you've believed has been somewhat true or bringing awareness that, you know, they were enlightening you of the news, but then you're realizing that, wow, all of it was a game just to keep you under a uh, spell pretty much, that that's really uncomfortable and really tough to deal with because that is a major breakthrough. Like all the media that you've consumed your entire life, 
may not have been quote unquote real or the most important issues, or maybe they had an alliance with these governments and huge corporations that by the way, I don't know why that's so far fetched when their actual customers, AKA advertisers are the large corporations actually, and governments, you see government commercials, at least back when we used to watch commercials. This is the first time some random dude like me can just hook up a mic and fire this up and find out the information on the internet, or should I say the uncensored internet, and just tell you my findings. And then you should take it upon yourself to audit, to verify, to make whatever conclusion you want. I'm not here to force a conclusion or narrative down your throat. Don't you see that from every other typical news outlet, they're trying to shove a narrative down your throat? Do you not feel that way? Like, do you see healthy debates on all sides of everything? Or are things mostly in favor of massive multinational corporations? which also just so happen to be the top customers of these news networks. The business model does not work. Fundament on a fundamental level, the business model does not work for fair, and I'm going to use this word too because it's a popular word, inclusive media. It doesn't work. Because if, you're, if, you, if your business is 100% contingent on these advertising paying you large sums of money. And those advertisers then don't want to pay you because let's say you're talking really bad about them or you're doing something that's taking down their revenues or decreasing their profits. And so therefore their marketing spend goes away. Then you don't have a network anymore. Your network is gone. In order to sustain the business of these cable network stations, they have to appease the advertisers. That's how it works on a fundamental level. Why that gets you angry, I do not know. I have no idea. That's the strangest kind of twist. I think because my belief is because it's really a deep-rooted truth. You thought it was a deep-rooted truth, and now like it's a, it's a belief almost. It's, it's actually on the belief level. It's below. If it's a belief, you like subconsciously believe it's true. So like the media is a core belief and I'm questioning and saying, Hey, that core belief that you always trusted, it's actually BS. And so you, whenever you attack someone's belief on an emotional level, the gut instinct of that person is to get defensive and mad and fight back or bring up another situation that is relatable somehow and fire back at that person, not to absorb it. And then use some introspection and be like, Ooh, I do feel that way. Why do I feel that way? Hmm. How do I not feel that way? Should I break apart from that belief? Should I think about, does that make sense? Does that make sense? I feel like that makes sense. It might not make sense. Charlie thumbs up. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Charlie, Charlie's listening on Colin. I don't think it does. I didn't get a thumbs up. That sucks. Anyways, I've never thought that something is so important than what's going on in the world right now, than being free. 
we are literally you got to understand there's only a few things that every human pretty much needs and two of those things are definitely food and definitely energy and when you can control those and weaponize them i promise you it's probably not in your favor or your family's favor it's most likely in the favor of whoever is weaponizing something as broad to say as energy or food that is such a macro word but we don't think of the in america i will just speak to america because that's where i grew up that's where i'm from i did live in bermuda which is the uk which we talked about earlier but i'm american or i was born in america i'm a human i was born in america and we were not taught and do not think in terms of geopolitical strategy because we never had to. We ran the world order. We were the strongest, biggest country in the free world. I mean, this isn't about whether it's fair, right, wrong. This is just what is and what was. We were the Mecca. You couldn't mess with us. And the world order followed our lead. That's how it was. So to think in geopolitical terms is very unconventional and not intuitive to an American, at least to an American that is definitely 33 my age, but probably to pretty much any American, absolutely every American born after 1945, which was the last world order. And you know, you gotta be real old if you're before that. I mean, pretty old, pretty old, not real old. If you're that old, thank you for listening. I love you. I didn't mean old. You're probably young at heart, but no, you are old. You're definitely old. Um, we're not we're not trained to think in geopolitical strategy, strategic terms. So I've said it before, but the book, The End of the World, is just the beginning by Peter Zion, is probably the best book or piece of literature period that I've come across that articulates geopolitical strategies and how resources and how the whole globaliz globalization works because we've lived in a world where everything has worked perfectly in unison in globalization. You have a part that's made in China that then goes to like India where they have these resources and minerals and then it goes to Africa and it goes, you put it, it goes to Congo and you put in the, uh, you know, whatever rare earth minerals that they have, uh, cobalt, I think it is, or whatever it's called. It just worked perfectly. Everybody was in unison. And now globalization is breaking down is what's happening. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just what's happening. And so you're going to have more of these individual sovereign places. They might, I'm not saying countries because nation states, I think, are all falling. I think we're seeing that fall. That's why it's such a – this is such a massive break. And you know what? In the in the, in the – the sovereign individual in the book, which is, if you haven't read it, that's a, that's the future guys. Like if you want to know how this all plays out and what the future's like, just read the sovereign individual. It's literally a blueprint of exactly what's going to happen in the future. In my, my view, I believe they say that what's in this information age, that the break from the current nation state system to the future, which is individual sovereignty, right? More of like smaller, communities with specific moral niches that are addressed wherever there's moral deficits. Maybe it's like weight loss community. Maybe it's freedoms. Maybe it's property rights. Maybe another one's guns. It's all these different ones that take the place of nation states and you voluntarily join them. 
that to go from a society owned by nation states like we have now to that is going to be a massive break that feels like like uh, the break from the gods, like back in the Greek times or whatever. That's how massive it's going to be. It's going to feel the energy in the air. It's going to be a massive break because we are transitioning to a totally different society and civilization than ever before. I'll get the exact quote, but it was something like, like, like how the Greeks imagined the gods or something like that, or how they explained their society coming about. Massive, 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 massive. But this is what's really happening. It sounds, I, every word that I speak about this subject sounds ludicrous. It sounds crazy. And like I said, every ounce of my being is telling me to shut up and just stay in my lane. And the truth is, is that we are going through the biggest meta breakthrough in civilization ever. I know I am very aware that that sounds crazy and I sound like a psychopath. I am very aware of that. I am telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you to trust me. No, I'm telling you that's not the case. It's just not. I'll say, read the changing world order. Okay. Read the sovereign individual. Read uh, the end of the world is just the beginning. Like all these research, search on the internet. Look into like on the past, the Australian COVID camps. Look into um, what's going on in the Netherlands. If you don't know about the protests in the Netherlands, you should automatically be tipped off that your that information is being hid from you. The problem is, is that these powerful people cannot hide the information like they have for all of human history. It's over. This is the information age. Everything is out there. Now, there's a ton of information out there. And yes, Google is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. And so it's censored. And, you know, obviously we know that the other social platforms are censored and they're just openly censored. And in society, it's amazing that censorship, at least in America, is like part of the conversation. Like, it's like, are you for or against it? Like, to even fathom that that's even a conversation is like mind blowing. We used to always say like freedom of speech. And now it's like, yeah, should we be said? Yeah, that's dangerous misinformation. Oh, well, where did misinformation come from? Oh, you know, it's a word that Joseph Stalin made up in the Soviet Union in 1929. Oh, okay, no problem. Sure, let's just use it today. These tactics have been used in the past. This, this playbook is not new. In fact, in fact, nothing that happens pretty much in life is new. Everything, they, what do they say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it surely rhymes. Oh, it rhymes. Oh, it definitely rhymes. And you know, back in the day with Germany, they told everybody, Look it up. Go find this. I'm telling you, do not take anything I say as fact. Verify all of it. That's the best part about this is you can verify all of it. By the way, quick note, if something says fact check after it, you could pretty much default to think that the fact check is not a fact check and they just work in cahoots with the government. That's pretty much a fact. Because every time I type in something that was I was told is conspiracy into like Google, it autofills fact check. It's very interesting. It's actually phenomenally interesting. It blows my mind. But they told people, and I, I can't believe I'm bringing such a serious topic up. And listen, I grew up Jewish. I grew up Jewish, okay? I went to temple and stuff. So I don't take this lightly. They told people concentration camps were misinformation. How did that go? How did that play out, people? 
What happened? Was it misinformation? No, it obviously wasn't misinformation. We know it wasn't misinformation. It was more real than we ever wanted it to be any human ever. But there happens to be evil, evil in this world. And if you do your own research on Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the World Economic Forum, he founded, I believe, in 1973, um, but double check that. He has pictures with Adolf Hitler. You ever heard of that name? Nope, he wasn't the president of the United States. Nope, nope, nope. He was that dude who tried to kill everybody in his way while trying to take over the world. Klaus Schwab is a documented Nazi. Like I, that's a word that's also thrown around like, like crazy. Racist, Nazi, all that stuff. So we're not going to use words like that. But this is real. This is real. We are really, really going through something massive here. And I know if you are listening to this, I know you feel something in the air from an energy standpoint. Like let's not, just because you can't see it or you can identify it doesn't mean it's not real. Okay, this whole thing of, just because you can't see something, it's like BS or it's conspiracy. Like, no, 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 no. We know like 5G's in the air. Like, what, do you not think 5G goes through the air? You can't see the 5G waves. Of course it's going through the air. Obviously. What about your Wi-Fi? Obviously. Do you not feel in your heart of hearts like something weird is going on in the world? Am I crazy? Does something feel off? And again... I, and if you do feel that way at the same time, do you also feel like you're alone with that feeling and that it's weird to feel that? And probably no one else feels that <laughs> unsanctioned citizen just said, you're not crazy. Thank you. <laughs> I feel crazy though. And honestly, I wish I was crazy. I don't want this to be true. He said corruption is gaslighting all of us by the way even that word gaslighting like i never heard gaslighting until recently all these words and you'll hear listen listen don't get all amped up about what i'm gonna say like when you say the word i could say any sentence and put gender in it or say any sentence put sex in it and like 50 other people are gonna go nuts let's put that aside okay pretend you're a peasant because you are a peasant i'm a peasant we're all peasants okay be a peasant for a second like you are, listen to us, or we're going to censor you. No, I'm kidding. Um, just be a peasant for a second. Hear me out. When, they, when, when Klaus Schwab talks about the prime minister in the Netherlands, which, by the way, he is saying is the best prime minister in the world, okay? Or, sorry, in, the, in Europe. He says he's the best prime minister in Europe. It also just so happens that that's the country with by far the largest protests ever from ordinary people that are farmers. Oh wait, should I call them art all right? No, they're farmers that are just trying to make a living and they are worried that they're going to be able not be able to feed their, their families and they're not going to be able to live or have their farm, which by the way, a lot of them are getting paid to shut down their farm. And by the way, do some research on this in the U S look at how many food factories and food, uh, uh, um, I guess factories and farms have been set on fire and completely just either blown up or ruined in the past year. Why don't you just look that up yourself and then tell me that I'm out of my mind. There have been like 90 of them 
in one of my previous episodes, I went through the whole list. There was like 97 of them. By the way, the previous 10 years combined, there were like four. Conspiracy? Come on. So I want to go back to this. Don't get crazy with this. But when they say the words like, they, they combine these words in a sentence like they're all in the same category. But this is an intentional play to confuse language so society does not function as a society. If we can't agree on the same fundamental rules of a society, well, then that's the ultimate breakdown. And a lot of that has to do with language, like stop signs. If half the people think it means go, it's not going to work so well. Okay? So when they say, oh, Klaus Schwab said this about, he literally said this, look it up, of the Netherlands PM. He's doing the best job with, he goes, with the energy and food and gender. Energy, food, and gender. Energy, food, and gender. I'm thinking of like a multiple choice when I'm like growing up in like high school. Energy, food, which one is, uh, does not fit here? Energy, food, gender, I don't know, water. Which one doesn't fit? Is it water? No. Energy? Nah. Gender? Oh my God. That's so weird. Gender and food. He's doing so well with food, energy, and gender. Except everybody that is associated with food in the Netherlands, which is the second largest exporter of food behind yours truly, the U.S., are have the biggest protests of farmers in the history of the world. And this guy's saying he's doing the best job with food. And you're going to believe that and think that all these farmers are literally alt-right, alt-something, blah, 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 racist, Nazi, whatever, and that Klaus Schwab's the good guy in all this, and then he's going to come and save you in the end? I mean, the, if you're defending the globalists, let's just say the globalist regime, you have to understand that they will not protect you in the end. That's not how this works. I know it, it certainly feels that way, and I know you want it to be true because I would like it to be true, but guess what? We all end up in the same place. We all end up with nothing, and we're happy. <laughs> that, that, is, that is what the Global Economic Forum literally says. In 10 years, you will own nothing and be happy. Does anybody look at that and go, wow, I never thought of it that way. That sounds, that sounds spectacular. I will own nothing and be happy. Wow. Let's get, let's vote this guy in. But that's the other ironic part. Nobody voted for Klaus Schwab. Yet he's giving praise to prime ministers and presidents. And Justin Trudeau was affiliated with the, 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 the World Economic Forum many years ago. Very interesting how that all works out. You have this guy that no one knows very much about and definitely wasn't elected applauding certain global leaders, talking about infiltrating governments, and that anything that dissents from that is misinformation and disinformation is literally from the playbook of his friend, which is real Adolf Hitler, that did all of this stuff. This is really real. I know it sounds so far-fetched and like a movie, but he literally, I don't even know how to play this hand, honestly. I get nervous if I'm so explicit about this like that, that I'm just going to deter so many people because it's just like, it's so meta and so much that you just, 
just to protect yourselves. You just don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. Every ounce of my being tells me every single day that I'm lying or like I'm wrong or like this can't be true. And then I see another comment from someone saying, yeah, you know, keep going or keep speaking the truth. And I'm like, oh my God, people are thinking of this. People are realizing this. People do see that. Like the comment even just from unsanctioned citizen of saying, and the last message I see is it's a global problem, but said that the, the, the elite are gaslighting us. I, I, maybe I was a little too bullish on humans, but I'm very, I'm not going to lie. I'm very bullish on the human race. And I do believe people are smarter than they give than people give than most people get credit for. And I do think that people know something's off. I think there's a, a group of people that just don't want to know more about it because they're scared or they're doing it to protect themselves. So they just kind of like don't read more into it and kind of just go with it. Okay. There's that group like protecting yourself. Then there's the other that for some reason think that it's an attack on their party or beliefs. Um, even though it has nothing to do with that, it's in their best interest actually to question people in power. And so they get mad and want to immediately defend their position. And then there's those who are quote unquote awakened and are recognizing what's going on and maybe becoming, I don't know, more, um, more confident in talking about this definitely more so than a year ago. But, um, uh, oh, I see a caller Sheila on, on here. I don't know if I, I have headphones on Sheila. I don't know if I could do this. Um, cause I'm talking into a podcast at the same time. Shoot. I gotta, let me, I'll set up something else on the next one and let me, uh, so I could take callers. I'm not gonna do it on this one, but I'll do it on the next one for sure. I promise. I promise. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'll set that up next time for sure. So what I'm noticing though, and I'm really pumped about it is I do see people getting more courage to talk, but I do get it. If you, if you're in a situation, whether it's professionally or, you know, maybe you're financially dependent on a particular, by the way, talking about financial dependency, the whole purpose of what's going on and the whole COVID being weaponized in terms of like the whole energy saying what's going on with energy and what's going to happen with food. Everything's about six months delayed. So everything I'm telling you now, you're going to see in six months, which means if you correct in six months, it takes another six months. So that's a year. Okay. You're just getting all the facts sooner. All right. My pleasure. I'm glad to help out. Um, and so, so where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, I was looking at the, the call-in app. Shoot. Um, so, so energy, so COVID is being weaponized and it's all to do one purpose. All of this is so you are economically dependent on something. And you see the World Economic Forum talk about this. They talk about this all the time, right in the open. They do not hide their agenda at all, which is like mind-blowing. They don't. Okay, it's all out there. You can verify all of this. But if you are financially dependent on an institution or a person, well, then you are at that person's mercy pretty much, if you know what I mean. Like you will live where they tell you to live. You will eat what they tell you to eat. You're in their control. If they can control you economically, they can really control a lot of you. They can't control all of you, obviously, but they can control a lot of your rights. If you believe in like human rights and all that stuff. Um, so the weaponization of COVID is to make you poorer. That is why you are seeing like, it is no, it's not a coincidence 
that Bill Gates made like $18 billion. His net worth before the pandemic was like $50 billion or $60 billion. And now it's $120 billion or $130 billion. I believe he made $18.1 billion last year. How did he make that? You'll never guess. He had big states and Pfizer and Moderna and all these other. It's crazy. I know you think he's a software engineer. He's not. He's your doctor. He's your doctor. Unelected. The rich is getting richer because they are siphoning the money out from the everyday people into either the government or, you know, people in power like a Bill Gates, you know, like a Jeff Bezos. Now, sure, some of them are good. It's not all rich people are bad. I mean, like, I don't think Elon Musk is bad. He makes products that a lot of people like and they buy him and he gets rich. It's fine. I don't even have a problem with Bill Gates getting his wealth. But I do have a problem with you getting your wealth off of a pandemic where a common person is being mandated to do something and that something generates profits for you directly. If it really is about human uh, safety and all that stuff, then why are you so worried about patents and why are you so worried about the bottom line and revenues and making money and why are you trying to hide docs, meaning documents for 75 years? Cause we're going to be so damn happy that you don't want us to hurt ourselves falling off the chair, smiling. Come on. This is crazy. This seems really obvious. It seems very, very obvious. I know you don't want it to be true. I don't want it to be true. But something is awry. Something's going on here. You heard, you literally heard the UK prime minister yesterday, not being covered in the news, not being covered in the news, that she was advised. Now, she seems like a good person. I don't know. But she was advised from someone who is close with Klaus Schwab to start something in the UK of taking babies that test positive for COVID from their private homes and put them into a COVID facility managed by the government against their will because they are a high risk. I cannot imagine that one mother out there would be totally cool with that. And I also can't imagine that any mother out there would be less of a fit for that job to take care of the kid than the government. You can't tell me. Literally, government is known for being inefficient. That is like what it is. It's, it, it's a linear growth pattern for a government as opposed to a company that could be exponential. You can't tell me it's better for a kid, whether they have Ebola, whether they have cancer, whether they have who knows, okay, to not be with their mother and be with some random government official that does not care about them and is more closely affiliated with the medical practitioners that are probably making money off of the pharmaceutical companies that are then injecting or giving whatever they make at a profit to that child against your will. There are literally so many studies of big pharma and governments like in the U.S. running schemes like injecting syphilis in the African-American community for like 50 years until Ted Kennedy exposed it and shut it down in like 1970 something. Like for 50 years, they knew these, they wanted to see how syphilis would play out in these people. So they just wanted to watch it against their will. They didn't know. And then it was exposed by like Ted Kennedy. And then they shut it down the program. Like this isn't the first time this is happening. People, this is very, very far from the first time this is happening. And I know I'm kind of going all over the place here, but I get, 
I get real pumped up over this because man, I don't want anything bad to happen to you for no reason. I do believe the overwhelmingly vast majority of human beings are good people. There's no question, but there is evil in this world. In fact, evil that I never even knew existed. And <laughs> I'm not religious at all. Like at all. I used to make fun of that stuff, but there seems to be some truth here of why the Bible even exists. It's like, it's like Klaus Schwab in the world economic forum is like blocking you from, you know, quote God. And it's like making me think like, shoot, whatever they're trying to block me from, I probably want that thing. So now I'm like considering going headfirst into that Bible and like becoming a Bible man. Who knows? Pretty much whatever the government or those in power don't want me to have or do, I would bet not 99% of the time, 100% of the time, I'd probably want that thing or do that thing. It seems to be the case every single time. I know that sounds crazy. And I know you want to believe that your government officials want the best for you. But here's the hard truth. And don't get mad at me for telling you the truth. They don't give a damn about you. They don't care. Why would they care about you? Do you care about them? No, you don't care about them. Why would they care about you? So think about next time when you're getting any information from the mainstream, if there's an economic interest involved that makes them give information or tell you certain information and not tell you other certain information or just tell you it in a certain way with a certain twist. Because if there is, you can bet that that economic interest is playing a role in how that information comes out or, in fact, what information comes out. Go do your own due diligence on what's going on in the Netherlands. Go look up that interview of the UK former health prime minister that was told to take babies from their mothers during COVID if they test positive, even if the parents don't want to get them to go. Go watch on Unheard, the girl in Australia that was taken to a COVID camp. Listen to her story and tell me why all of these people are, by the way, don't even know one another, but have the same thread that something arise going on here with people in power, but they're the ones telling misinformation, even though they have no agenda in the world to do so. And that the only people that have an interest in doing something that forces a narrative is the opposite group of people. It's the opposite. It's the people that are connected, that do know one another. The people that are, don't know each other, it's a decentralized structure. I don't know the woman in Australia. I don't know that UK prime minister telling the story about the babies. I don't know the Substack writer in Canada who's telling him that Justin Trudeau's parliament is contacting him about an article that went viral on Twitter. I don't know these people, but we all seem to be saying the same thing. But so is Trudeau, and so is Klaus Schwab, and so is Bill Gates but they know each other so they can formulate a plan. We don't know each other and yet we have the same narrative. Isn't that awfully strange? Now that could be a coincidence and I may be the craziest conspiracy theorist of all time, but I'll tell you what, I'm not because I'm never, I was never into that stuff ever. And I never, never, I'm not a I don't like any of that stuff. I don't even, here we go. Ready for this? Here's a bombshell. A year and a half ago, I didn't even know who Anthony Fauci was. That's how new I am to this game. I didn't even know who that dude was. By the way, highly recommend you go real, read the real Anthony Fauci. 
very insightful. It's one of the most cited books of all time as all the documentation in the back. It's incredible. COVID's being weaponized. It's being weaponized. It's being weaponized in the energy sector, in the food sector, in the gender and sex sector, whatever that means. And here's another interesting thing about that. Why is it that everything we bicker about in society, why is the underlying similarity tied to big pharma somehow? Like when you talk about gender, transgender, all that stuff, you know that has to involve surgery or that has to involve taking pills, right? Everything that we bicker about at its core happens to have one thing in common, that there's some sort of medical big pharma conglomerate at the core of it. Why? Everything we get mad at each other for has a big pharma component, doesn't it? Sure feels that way. And it sure seems that way. We don't seem to bicker about much when the medical establishment isn't involved. <laughs> isn't that interesting? Oh, man. It's crazy. It's really crazy. All right. I'm going to post this one up. Check out the pod in case you forgot the ownership economy. You can check out the YouTube channel, which is the ownership economy. I'm your host, Jonathan Kogan. Everyone on call in, I appreciate you guys listening. And everybody else, thank you very, very much for.